Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, thank you, leadership team, Papa Steve and Mama Melody, for this amazing opportunity. I'm so honored and um, so excited uh, what God is doing and partnering with him on this earth to fulfill and establish uh, his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And um, while we were worshiping, this is not in my notes, (laughs) I just saw chains and I heard chains breaking off of uh, us as a body, and um, it was so refreshing to see because God is bringing such breakthrough in this season uh, in each of our lives uh, individually and corporately, and he's doing such a great big work in all of us, and he has big, big plans for each and every one of you, and you are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Come on, you're overcomers. Say, I'm an overcomer. Come on. And uh, that's what he says about you. Do you believe what he says about you? Okay, well, we, it's important for us to say what he says and to believe what he says and believe what he, he, he tells us and to agree with his word and to release his word over us because he wants to establish us and root us and ground us and, and increase us. And um, I, I really, really honestly see uh, such a, an acceleration of what God is doing on the earth uh, that it's making the devil tremble. Hello. And I am excited uh, for this hour that God has us here for a purpose. And his purpose is not finished. And it's, he's not done with us yet. And uh, we are yet to see the best to come. I really honestly believe that. I was. I remember um, a few years ago, right here at this church body, that the Lord so clearly gave me that word that the best is yet to come for the body of Christ. Well, I heard President Trump declare that in Lancaster County one day that the best is yet to come for the United States of America. Hello. And so I'm not biased, but I'm telling you, God's word will never return void. And we are going to see the best for the church. The devil is trembling. He is trembling. He is trembling and trembling. That's why fear is so rapid in the earth today. Because he is afraid that his hour is about to come. Come on. There's only one place for him. (laughs) There's only one place for us. So anyway, that was not in my notes. (laughs) Amen. So um, I should have got my daughter to take my, uh, my uh, password off of here because it keeps going in and out. So just <laughs> But I want to talk about this morning and really share and testify of God's goodness. Because since uh, 2020, uh, something shifted, something has transpired, and I believe something that uh, we all know how good God is, but do we really, really, really know? Um, you know, when you see the things happen that have occurred, um, do you still declare that God is good? 
do you see your sphere of influence and your family and, 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 and where you live? Is, is, is it good? Come on. Has he not placed you in a purpose, a destiny? Has he not placed you in a, in a, in a certain place on this earth? He, you know, he could have choose you to, uh, Papa Steve, to, to uh, be born in Africa. Right? right. <laughs> Amen. But he choose you right here at this time for a purpose. And his purpose is not completed. It's not, com- it's not finished yet. There's still things that he's writing about you that are still to be fulfilled. There's things that he's written about you and things that, you're still, that he's still writing about you. Come on. What I like to testify and share uh, about his goodness from different um, men of God in the word, and then I'm going to share a little bit out of that uh, from some of the testimonies of things that God has done in the last year, and it's just been so, 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 so good. And uh, I'd like to start, I'm going to share a lot of scriptures in Psalms, and so if you want to follow me, um, that way you can, uh, in, your, in your own uh, Bible or apps. But I'm going to start with Psalms 107.8. And it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Wow. I've heard many times uh, over the last 18, almost 19 years, uh, Papa Steve talk about being thankful. And I can honestly say that the more thankful we are, the more grateful that we are, the more we'll see his goodness. And I can testify that his goodness is literally, uh, it's overwhelming in this season in our life. It's literally overwhelming. And he's causing encounters like never before to occur. That reminds me of when I first had given my life to Christ. And it's just amazing. And I'm so blessed and honored that he um, sees me uh, and uh, chose me and has given us a privilege, me the privilege to be his son. Come on. Good represent, God, God's goodness represents everything he does and everything he is. It's his character, character. It's his nature, and it's in very DNA. And because we are made in his likeness and his image, it's our DNA too. It's not something that in the natural we can drum up to be good. Hello. But when God comes into you and you receive you as your Lord, when he, you receive his son, Jesus Christ, now, the goodness of God and his mercies are new every day. They're new every day. And his goodness is available every day. So I'd like to, to really look at some more scriptures concerning that. And uh, Galatians 5, to 23, there are six fruits of the Spirit. and or, or I'm sorry, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. And the sixth one talks about his goodness. It's love, joy, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these wonderful fruits of the Spirit are attributes of God, and He lives in us by His Spirit so that there also be those fruits in our lives. And He wants us to demonstrate this fruit in our, and through us in our daily lives, in our sphere of influence. 
What exactly is his goodness? Well, when you think about the word uh, of God, uh, even from the very beginning in Genesis, he said that it was, when, you know, in the creation, he said it was good. Well, when you think about the creation today, it's still good. So there is a promise right there that he, you know, nothing, he he's never changes. No matter what the world has tried to do with it, it's still his creation. Hello. And they won't be able to destroy it. Man won't be able to destroy it because he made it. Like we say a lot, God is good. And that is true. All the time, God is good, right? However, how, how good do you see God? Now, it would take a while to go around and ask everybody to give a testimony and testify. But I just want you to think about it. I want you to process that thought. I want you to declare that his goodness is over you. You know, one of the things that I like doing every morning, for those that know me, I like to say good morning. I say it to my wife and children, and I say it to my employees. I say it to my customers if I go out to see them in the morning. But is it just a word, good morning? Or does it really have depth? How about good night? You know, we just say it, right? Well, good night, kids or wife or spouse or however way you want to word it. But it's such an honor to be a part of his goodness and to be part of his creation on this earth to declare his goodness. In the culture that I grew up, um, in our family culture at home, um, I didn't see the goodness of God like to the degree that I would today. But I think that goes for all of us because we grow in God. We become more, we're supposed to become more like him and more godly, yes. And Paul uh, testifies in Romans uh, 2.24 that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I believe part of the biblical term for good is, is actually part of God's nature when you think about it. It's everything that he is. He's holy, he's pure, he's righteous. And God's goodness is godliness. In Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, who hope and trust in him, rely on him, and the soul who seeks him. I don't know about you, but I have such a desire like never before to seek my God. There has, and, and it's not just because of what's going on in the earth, but it's because God is drawing by his spirit to seek me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with everything that's within him. Seek him, pursue him. Forsake all if you need to. You know, there was a time in our life when I remember this has been early, early 90s, 
after my father had passed away. Um, two times in a dream, he appeared to me and he said, son, just give your, just serve God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with everything that's within you. And I was like, whoa. Second time I got the message. I said, all right, God, I'm obviously not doing that. And I repent. And from that day forth, I have pursued him. I have pursued him. And I've come to discover that the more I pursue him, the more I want him. And the more I want him, the more he pursues me. (laughs) And I've come to realize that there's only one thing in life, maybe two (laughs) things in life that really matter the most. And that's to love him, serve him, honor him, and pursue him, and please him. And if you have a spouse, love your wife. Serve her. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Real quiet. It's good. But I realized that There's so much more that God has to offer us. And there is no way on this life that I'm going to get everything and receive everything that he has. It's going to take all eternity to be able to walk in everything that he has created us for. But I want to, and I've desired, and I've pursued that I want to fill every bit of my destiny on this earth as he has purposed and planned it. And so the only way I can do that is I passionately pursue him. But I realize that it takes more than passion to stay on, on target uh, or, or hit the mark or pressing in. It takes more than passion. Passion is wonderful, but it also takes the fire of God. It takes passion and fire. And when we pursue him with all of our heart, it is not in my notes at all. It just, it, there's something that transpires. There's a great exchange because we can't, you know, we can't receive or drum up the fire of God. We can only, we can only position ourselves and prosper ourselves or uh, uh, um, um, posture ourselves before him and, and, and lay our lives down before him. And I remember a day when... Um, Back in the early 90s when God asked us as a family to, well, he asked me as a business owner to, to give up our business that we had. And, and, um, and I was in Jerusalem in 93 in, in, uh, in the Sea of Galilee at a motel and I had a dream that we sold our first house we bought. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know, and literally everything that we ever had, he, laid, he asked us to lay it down. And I discovered something, that when you lose your life, you find it. I never in a million years would have thought, you know, everything that we had that God wanted it. But the reason he wanted it, because it was his in the beginning. He owns it all. We really honestly don't own anything. It's by his grace, his ability that we have everything. It's the goodness of God. Come on, church. I want to go to Psalms 33.5. 
David here is testifying of his goodness. And when I think of David's life, and I think of what he's, uh, the battles that he uh, had to walk through, and the challenges and the struggles that he faced in his life, um, the giants that he had to face, not just Goliath, but many other giants even after Goliath, you know, was, you know, his own father-in-law, you know, pursued him and wanted to destroy him. You know, it's pretty drastic, you know, when you think about it. And the opposition that he's facing, um, you would have thought that, you know, man could have, could have not been able to tolerate or, or even do that. But he didn't. He started to really, really rely on God, and God came through for him in every aspect. But he's testifying here in Psalms 33.5. He said, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And then he testifies again in Psalms 34.8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What's he talking about? Oh, taste and see. You know, I started thinking about that scripture and I thought, wow. You know, just like there, there, there's um, five senses in the natural that we have. You know, there's also those five senses that we have in the spirit. Think about it a little bit. When I kiss my lovely wife, I taste something. Come on. (laughs) This morning it was peanut butter. (laughs) And I like peanut butter. (laughs) Uh, But I tasted something. And I started getting a revelation of this scripture. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, when we taste something of God, it is good. Well, that kiss was good too. <laughs> I'm sorry for all those that are not married and, you know, wannabes. In <laughs> um, due time. <laughs> but um, seriously, I mean, I, the, word, the thought that came to me, and I didn't even have time to look this up, but the tasting part, uh, is is one of I believe that the thought that came was that's the discerning part of God in us. Like we can discern things, you know, right? Well, well, how about seeing? I, I, I see, you know. Well, that's an interesting subject. You know, we're a prophetic church, and so we see things, right? <laughs> we see things, and we share them, uh, share God's heart in that way. Well, God has always wanted us to see things. Hello. He wants us to see things of his word that comes alive in a way that we might have not seen before. I've never thought about this scripture at this point this morning until after I kissed my wife. I mean, come on. Oh, taste and see. So he wants us to taste it. He wants to see how good he really is. Come on. And I, oh, I just got so excited about, this, about that. And then I got thinking about... Um, a little while ago, a couple years ago, I was listening to a podcast and from a minister uh, out, you know, from another state, and um, and he was going through the Old Testament. He was going through all the different meanings of, you know, the children of Israel, and he came to the came to the came to Reuben, and he says, "Do you Reuben? The meaning of the Hebrew meaning of Reuben is to see." And I go, "Wow, God, I was so wonderful. I never understood. I never knew that." And it gave me a whole new understanding of why I see things. 
you know, dreams and visions. Like, it's, like, it's incredible. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. I, that's the goodness of God. Hello? And it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who takes refuge in him. I believe that David is saying from his experience with God in this tasting and seeing that God is so good that in the midst of, of struggles, in the midst of mistakes, in the midst of hardships, he was expressing his utmost devotion and attention to the love of God and was encountering, encountering his goodness that he was expressing for us to taste and see how God is so good. David is inviting us to draw close to him because without this closeness, you will not touch, you will not see, you will not even experience his goodness. Until I got so close to my wife, I didn't taste that peanut butter. <laughs> I'm just using that analogy because it just happened this morning. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to taste and see. What, what if... What if I'm just going to say it because it's on my mind. What if daily we get up and, God, and say to God, I want to taste and see, encounter, experience your goodness today? What if we would put our faith out there to that degree? What if we would thank him for what we have tasted and seen and then start releasing our faith? And it's not, it's not, I'm not saying this in any way that we haven't known or experienced or encountered his goodness. What I'm trying to do is, is just encourage your faith and realize there's more. There's so much more of God's goodness that he wants to impart to you, that he wants to release to you, that he wants to encounter you in ways that you have no idea. Because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, except by his spirit, what he has prepared for you. And we are in such a transition in the body of Christ since 2020. I'm telling you, I have never seen, seen such a time as this before. Where God is doing so much, and the more we keep our eyes on him, the more we will see what he's doing, and the more we can get excited about what he's doing. And the more we can partner with what he's doing. But if we get to see what's going on in the world, it could bring discouragement, it could bring distraction, it could bring a hindrance in our life. And God is trying the church so hard to rise up in faith in a new level. Because there's why? Territories and lands and things that he wants us to take over for his kingdom. He wants to empower you and equip you and train you and, 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 and get you prepared for something way beyond ourselves. But the transition that I see is so powerful. It is so amazing. It's probably one of the biggest transition in my time. And if we are willing and stay surrendered and stay connected, he will transition us and shift us in the best of times that is going to happen in our lives. Because he's a plan much bigger than ourselves. A plan to prosper us and give us a hope and a future. I've heard it this morning through the prophetic word. We can either resist the transition or we can embrace it. We can run to it. It's not something to be afraid of. It's glorious because he wants to take us from glory to glory. All of our faith can be at a different levels. I get it. But we come together corporately. Oh, my gosh. 
the things that we can accomplish for his kingdom is phenomenal. And worship this morning, I mean, just things that were happening with us. Can you imagine what that's going to do in your sphere of influence this week? Those chains that were on some of you are broken. And so you're going you're to share the love of God more freely. You're going to talk about him more freely. You're going to do things more freely than you ever had before. Come on. Freedom! Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Pastor Joel's message on freedom the other week. Oh, my. That was so, so good. But I believe one of the things that he wants to glorious bring, bring his transformation into our lives to release a demonstration so he can release reformation is, is the apostolic. I believe there, that God has shifted us into a glorious reformation and we don't even understand what that is or what that looks like. And so therefore it can concern us. It can, you know, it can, it, it, it can look, uh, well, I'm not sure about this. God, is this you? And so I, I, what I see happening out of it, I believe that God is raising up sons and daughters and he's calling forth the sons and daughters because the whole earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. And there's never before where there's such a groaning, there's such a, a drawing. God is drawing. See, the thing that happens when we worship God, when we worship Jesus and we lift his name on high, you know what happens? He draws all men unto him. Come on, it's that simple, church. When we worship him and we honor him and we draw, we draw nigh to him and we lift his name up, he draws all men unto him. We're in that time. We're in that time. I, oh, my Jesus. Mm, there's just never such a time as this that he's preparing for us to be a light in our sphere of influence. Because I see the transformation so happening in our community. And I see everything that we've been praying for for the last 30 years starting to occur. Come on. There is a reformation that's happening. There is a revival. What does this reformation look like? What our sons and daughters come forth, he wants to raise them up to become fathers and mothers. So that they can go out and raise up more sons and daughters. We, we, are we a family or are we not? And I believe that he's taken us into such a season of time that we will connect like we've never connected before with people that we might have never known before. Some of these people that are here that came to hear you, I've not known them for more than six months. But they're family. They're connected to the family of God in a way that I've never seen before. And so quickly, so fast. And that's what God is doing, such big work and such a fast work today. It's not taking 30 years like it did for me. Come on. I was talking to a young man this week that had given his life to Jesus last Sunday. And he got wrecked. I mean wrecked. And I, and, uh, I texted him and then he called me and. And I just thanked him for making that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and just for, for laying down his life and just surrendering his heart. And I said, I know that I know that I know that it's not going to be easy in the natural for you. And the enemy is going to more than torment your mind more than ever. He's going to try to attack your mind. I said, now get in the word. Now connect to the body of Christ. Allow the body of Christ to come around you and love on you and just minister to you. And because we care about you. We love you. And we welcome you into the body of Christ. Come on, church. Are we, can we be more authentic than we ever have been before? 
I know a month ago or so we had we had a uh, sat Friday night in a Saturday service, and some of you that are here were there. And and uh, Saturday morning, I felt uh, to ask my wife if we could just have for those that were going to stay for the Saturday night service. I asked them if they could uh, we could just invite them to our house afterwards. And um, and and most of them did. And you, you got to understand something from our culture. That is just you know that's a, that's pretty much a norm. You know, hospitality. Like my mom, she, you know, it's just out the roof. You go to her, her door. What can I feed you? What can I give you? You know, when I at least give you a glass of water. You know, if nothing else, you know. But she wants to make a, a whole feast for you. Well, God is preparing a feast for us. He is preparing a banquet table for us. He's preparing our hearts so we can participate. <laughs> How about you? But I'm gone. <laughs> I said yes recently to that. I s- oh Jesus! I don't want to get sidetracked. <laughs> oh, he's so good. But seriously, so so anyway, I finished my story. Uh, so so we invited those that were you know were there and, and to our home, and I had no idea what that did to someone. They ended up having dreams and visions while they were there at our house. Why? Because it's part of what God's doing in this hour. You know? Come on. We got to be so transparent. We got to welcome, you know, and if we don't want to come into it, maybe we should, you know, give him some money for lunch. Or I, I'm just saying, like, seriously. Like, God is wanting such, trans, what, do such transformation in this time. And he's, and he's pouring out his spirit like never before. And I believe that this re- re- reformation and move of God is going to really, really, really rock some of us. And it's going to really demonstrate, um, you know, uh, in a greater way, uh, a wave that's, that I believe has started. Because I have felt in the last month the wind of the spirit blowing like I have not seen in my day. And he is drawing all men unto him. He really is. David, in invitation to draw close to God, to experience his love, his goodness surrounding him, because he's offering protection, direction, and the fruits of the Spirit, forgiveness, wisdom, and enjoyment. We see God's goodness, again, I mentioned earlier, in his creation. In Psalms 31.19, David, again, is telling us God's goodness is great and is laid up or stored up who fears him, which he has prepared for those who trust him. In other words, God the Father has made a way for us to encounter and experience his goodness by fearing him and trusting him. And if there's ever an hour to pray for the fear of God to come back to the church, it's now. God always requires something from us to partner with him to accomplish his plans and purposes on the earth. David again testifies in Psalms 23, which is, I wasn't going to do that till this morning. I wasn't going to share more than just that scripture, but the Lord had other plans. And I, uh, I'm going to share the Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There, the word follow there means pursue. God already has pursued us through his son, Jesus Christ, and has given himself freely. But the question is, and the question I have for you, are, are we pursuing his goodness, his holiness, his righteousness, his ways, his pureness of heart. 
And I'm going to share a little bit. I wasn't going to, but I felt the Lord told me to do this. This morning I, I got up and, it, you know, my normal time is pretty early in the morning. And I love mornings. And um, I got up and, and uh, I said, God, what's on your heart? It doesn't matter what's on my heart, really. What's on his heart? And I went out to the kitchen and I was just, God, what's on your heart? And I don't know who got this, but I think my wife must have yesterday. But anyway, it was on the counter at our house. And I looked at it, and I felt God said, go there. So I hopped on my bicycle at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I biked down to the Psalms 23 garden. And I don't know if you guys have ever had an opportunity to go there, but I really, really encourage you to go there. I got lost in his presence there this morning. I got so caught up with his goodness that it was just overwhelming. Like, seriously, I didn't want to leave. And I go there a lot, but this morning there was just something there that um, I wanted to just quickly share. But in, two th- in, um, in spring of 2015, I was asked uh, by, the, by a friend of mine to, to, help, to build this prayer garden of Psalms 23. And I went there and, uh, to the brother, and he said uh, he'd like for me to do this. And I said, I don't know, I don't know how. <laughs> to build something that would show God's creation or show his heart concerning the scripture. And uh, he said, that's okay. We'd like to pray and lay hands on you that God would give you the wisdom on how to create this. Well, I don't know what really happened except I felt his presence and I thought I died and gone to heaven because it was so glorious. And um, I went home that night. I couldn't sleep and I started you know, reading the scriptures and saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm, how I'm supposed to create something of your word. But I know the creator of you that lives inside of me can help me to accomplish that. And I just want to partner with you to help do that. How much more, how, how much of other things inside of us that is still dormant inside of us because the creator that lives inside of us wants to release his creation through us and his creativity through us. And I realized something, that I, I was walking in something that I believe that I had never walked in before. And I, I brought some of these along for a few of these that might never be able to get there. Um, but we also have a handicapped building that you can go through. And um, so we created this garden. It's about an acre. And um, that night, I, I, I literally got my, uh, I said, God, I said, I don't know where to begin. He said, do what you know best. And I just got a big piece of paper and a pen out or a pencil. And it literally felt like the hand of God was on my hand as I started just just coming, just taking the scripture, one scripture at a time, and just started drawing it out. I can't explain it, but I knew it was supernatural, and it's still supernatural. And God has brought so much healing, so much deliverance, and, um, and still is. And it's been such an honor to partner with God, what he's done. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just really, really something. Uh, but when, he, when, when we started putting it on paper, there was a whole other aspect once we actually start doing it. And that's when we had some more God encounters. And uh, three young men that worked for me at that time uh, ended up giving their life to Christ. I mean, I can just tell you testimony after testimony of things that, that occurred. Um, and it, it was just phenomenal. And, and the Word of God became such alive inside of me in this scripture. Um, I mean... This morning when I was sitting there, so, so I'm just going to read the word. So he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
you know, uh, that's a whole other, uh, well, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, he leadeth me beside the still waters. So we created a place where there's water there, and there's a couple places there you can sit there and just rest in God. And uh, everybody that's gone through there, uh, I had a pastor, minister, friend of mine uh, over the weekend, over this past week that uh, contacted me. He says, Reuben, he said, I really, really like to go there, but I want you to meet me there. We spent about an hour and a half together. And he's such a big instrument in our community, and uh, he's just doing such a great work for God, and I'm just so excited. Uh, but he said he wants, he, he's actually um, a chaplain uh, at a very large company in our, in our community. He's full-time chaplain at this business, and he's also a pastor of a church. And um, so we just spent some quality time there, and God just started really moving on his heart. And we started connecting in ways that we had never connected before, and I could tell that he really started trusting me. And he asked me a lot, a lot of questions. And they were really good questions. I was so honored and I was so blessed by him. But all that to say is that as we spent the time with God in these places, these quiet places that we, that we have, uh, wherever that might be in our own home, but one of the things that he said that was so powerful, he said, Reuben, he said, I had never thought that this was in my backyard. I lived like 10 minutes from here. And he said, I've never been here. And he said, I, I'm just amazed. And he says, there's such a piece of God here. That is just phenomenal. And there's people that have gotten healed from cancer. I mean, I just tell you testimony after testimony of things that God has done in that place. But uh, this morning as uh, I was walking through there, uh, and I was just sitting there at the still waters, uh, there was such a refreshing uh, reign of God's spirit just, re- just restoring me again. And that's what he says. He'll restore our soul. He leads me to pass a righteousness for his name's sake. I never had this happen before. And I was walking through there, and I saw that scripture, and I just, I broke. And I fell on my knees, and I just, I'm telling you, God uh, did something in my heart that I, I can't explain. But I just, pro- I just uh, laid my life before him fresh and anew again because he wants to uh, just work through us in ways that um, we might not understand. But the work of righteousness is what brings peace to it. it bring, the work of righteousness is what brings us into peace of God. Does that make sense? The work of righteousness is what brings us into the peace of God. So we need to embrace his righteousness, his goodness, his righteousness, his right standing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me and we created a place where you have to literally go down into the valley of shadow death and we have all these wonderful patriarchs that have um, David and Goliath and all these pictures of different men of God that have gone through valleys of shadows of death and I'm telling you every time that I go through in, in there and come back out again it's an, it, it, I have a God encounter I, I, sometimes I can't get out of there and, and I've experienced it, it so much that I, as I'm coming out, I, I told my friend, John, I said, John, I said, we need to create a place when people come out of there, they can, they, can, they can have a quiet place that they can just pour their heart out to God and they can just receive more of the Father and what he's doing. And so we created different prayer huts that you can just close in the, and, and close the door. And we, we made it really, really, really thick. So you can cry as loud as you want to. If somebody else is coming through there, they won't hear you. 
Oh, my. But the Hebrew word for the shadow of death, I can't even pronounce it, but it, but it means darkness. It's when we go into the darkest times of our life, and he's telling us not to fear. Well, what do we normally do? We fear. What did David do? He feared. Because God is with us. His presence helps us, gives us the strength and the hope to bring us through to the other side. But one of the places that I enjoy the most in the whole garden, and it's a physical garden you can go to. It's not some place, you know. But one of my favorite spots is there's an area, as soon as you come out of the Valley of Shadow Death, there's an area of a patio there that we've created that you can sit there and just enjoy. Um, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And the Lord's given us, there's scriptures, tons of scriptures there. And it's basically the sin of mankind, God's direction, God's, God's um, correction and his direction. And um, there's, a, there's one thing that was there in the garden before we built it was a sycamore tree. And there's a couple sycamore trees in the garden there that were there before we actually started the garden. They're big and they're mammoth. And I was so grateful for them because it made the garden be more mature. But what I love about sitting there is God's breath has so demonstrated new life there in ways I can't even explain. And I've encountered God there so many times. Um, it's just phenomenal. And then we have a, a place where thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so we literally have a table uh, of, uh, that we have a raised patio, and you can sit there. And then there's a, there's a graveyard to the one side, and that has all the sins of mankind in the graveyard. See, people are not our enemies. The world is not our enemy. Jesus came to what? To bring redemption. And then part of the hardest part to build in the garden was I noticed my head with oil. Well, how do you describe God's presence? How do you display? How do you create his, his, his presence? And there was such a, an amazing thing happened, but a friend of mine's mother got healed of cancer, and she actually she was sitting there, and all of a sudden she felt her, something leave her body, and she called her son, and I know this family really well, and uh, she called her, um, called her son and said, son, I said, you know, his name is Tim. And he said, Tim, he says, I've, I, something left my body. I could feel something leave. He says, well, mom, you need to go check the doctor and, and, and make an appointment with the doctor. And the next day she did, and, and uh, there's, all the cancer was gone. So after that, we, were, we got so excited. So now we have a little, little uh, small little room there that you can go in, and we have a picture of, of Saul anointing David. And there's a little oil there that you can anoint yourself or anoint others with. And God's presence is such a meat at that place. And then my cup runneth over. It's such a beautiful place. We have a, a well there with a, a cup that water's coming out. And, and it's, it's the water spilling over the cup. And um, it's, just, it's just beautiful. But then back to what I want to talk about. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then what I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And uh, he just wants us to realize that and recognize that his goodness is really going to cause 
greatness to be manifest in us and through us in days ahead. In Nahum 1.7, he testified that the Lord is good and he's stronghold in a day of trouble and he knows who trusts in him. We think we have troubles in, the, in this day and we live in a day, I'm not trying to deny that the fact that the world has troubles, but it always has. Let, look, at, uh, look at Joseph and Mary. You think they had trouble in their days? They had to flee the Son of God to another country. And all the kids from two years old and under were being killed. That sounds like trouble. But God, he's able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above all that we even asked or think. He's making us and molding us and shaping us to be overcomers and to be more than conquerors. The question I have for each of you, and I have one more scripture in closing, is can we corporately and individually pursue his goodness by thanking him daily? Can we, are we willing to lay our lives down on a daily basis so we can encounter his goodness in a way that we can truly, truly please him? So that we can see his glory in the land of the living. Because his plan is for us to encounter, experience his goodness, so we can see the goodness in others. You see. See, it's not just so that we can encounter his goodness, but so that we can see the goodness in others. I mean, you think about that for a little bit. When you see somebody that you might not saw for a while, what goes through your mind? I mean, you haven't seen him in a while, and you heard, might have heard some things, you know, negatively. But are you going to agree with that, or are you going to agree with something good inside of that person? Because in, an, in, in every human being, there is goodness. Yes. We must draw the goodness out of others. Yes. We must. We must. He is preparing us for the biggest celebration. He's preparing us to encounter him in ways that we have only can imagine. And David in Psalms 107.80 said, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Can we do that in a daily in our daily lives? Can we do that in our sphere of influence? Can we do that in our workplace? Can we do that in the marketplace? Can we do that in the schools? Oh God, we need his goodness in the schools. More than ever. If there's ever a time to pray for our local schools, it's now. If there's ever a time to get involved in our local schools. It's now, church. You see, God has a plan for the younger generation. And the enemy does too, but God's going to win. Because why? We are winners, and we're on the winning side. You're on the winning side. And he's going to cause you to be able to and release you. I believe there's many that God is positioning, and that's the other transition thing that I see happening. He's positioning, he's preparing you to position and go places where you didn't think you would go.
You see, after God had required me to sell the business, about 10 years later, he asked me to pick it up again. And I said, God, I have no desire to do that. He said, that's good. <laughs> see, what he calls good is good, right? I said, well, how's that good, God, when I have no desire? Well, now I can do it through you. Hello. <laughs> well, that was a whoo, paradigm shift. And these are types of things. I'm just sharing some of these things that are, that are taking place, in our, I believe, in our culture, in our time, in our season that, are, that, that we're at. That he's going to raise up uh, the younger generation to take on territory, do things that what we might think is very strange. It might be extremely difficult. But he's always, always, always raised up those that are obedient. He's always raised up those that are willing and those that, that, are, that choose to be obedient, I should say. We might not want to be obedient at the time. I didn't want to be obedient to start a business again 20 years ago, 19 years ago. But I'm sure glad I did. Because now God has given me a vision for the next generation. And so, you know, it's not always what, it's not what we always want. But if we, can, if we can just see how good he is and agree with his goodness. Because when, when he said it would be good, I thought, well, I can't argue that. I want to do what he calls good. So, I bless you. I just want to close in prayer. Father, I thank you for these awesome people. Thank you for that they're your sons and you're your daughters. I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you, Father, what you're raising up to accomplish and do, to take territory, to take land, to take even the school system and go in that, in that, in that sphere, to go in the marketplace, to get the church outside the four walls, oh God, Help us. Give us vision. Show us your goodness. Release your goodness upon your people so that they can fulfill their destiny and their purpose in their life like never before. Father, what you call good is so, so good. And we just declare that from this day forth, God, fresh dreams, fresh visions, and the outpouring of your spirit so that truly, they can walk in the land of the living and truly they can fulfill everything that you called them to in Jesus' name.